Can we just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost this morning? Go ahead and pray in the Holy Spirit if you can. Lord, we just worship you. We give you praise. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Spirit wherever you are this morning. Monday soko barada satala bakala basto rede bakasa tali kazota rada bakasa tabura tazata kala labafto ribasuka taliada sata barodo soto magada sakada yagada yagada lebrada balakada sata kababrada sata rubala satali kaburada thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus we give you praise we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Come on, somebody put your hands together. Give the Lord a big shout this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Please take your seats if you are not already sitting down. Um, it's, great, it's great to be here um, sharing with you this Sunday morning. And um, we've been doing this wonderful series titled The Laws of Prosperity. The Laws of Prosperity. And um, it has been, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. It's been powerful. Um, you know, the, I said at the beginning of this series that the beauty of laws is that it works for everybody. All right? It works for everybody. So there's no disadvantage when it comes to the laws. All right. This, that's why um, the president of a rich country and the president of a poor country, you know, a rich person, a poor person, can 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 all jump from a high-story building, and both of them will come down at the same pace at the same time. There won't be any favoritism. There won't be any special arrangement. You see, laws does doesn't respect status, doesn't respect age, doesn't respect anything. Laws apply to everybody. That's why. You know, laws can be a plus if you're a lawful person. But laws can be a disadvantage if you're the kind of person that is breaking the law. All right? So that's the beauty of law. All right? It can work for everybody. And the whole idea of this series is for you to activate the laws to work in your favor. Hallelujah. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter the part of the world you live in, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your educational status. It doesn't matter your educational qualification, your, your age. Laws will work no matter where or who you are. Hallelujah. So the whole essence of this teaching is so that we can activate the laws, but not just any laws, the laws of prosperity. Hallelujah. And, uh, and I'm so excited for you already. I know that your life will never remain the same. I trust God with you that you'll be able to put in application the things that you've been learning so far. If for any reason you've missed the first two um, teachings I did the first two weeks, please, they are available on YouTube. Just go get them. And even if you were in the services, things like that, you must hear them over and over again. In fact, that in itself is one of the laws of prosperity. You know, hearing and hearing. It's a faith commit by hearing and hearing, and hearing. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, so we're going to move to the next um, law I'm going to talk about, I'm going to expound today, 
is the fact that you have a heavenly account. Glory to God. I was saying this when I was advertising this series. You have a heavenly account and it's not dormant. Glory to God. You have a heavenly account. I mean, that is great news because I don't know what your earthly account has. Glory to God. But I am here to tell you that your heavenly account is loaded. Glory to God. This is good news for anybody, everybody, no matter who you are. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your physical account is saying. Your physical account might be red. But you see, your heavenly account is loaded. Glory to God. Come on, say with me, I have a heavenly account and it's loaded. No, you're going to say it with confidence. Say, I have a heavenly account and it's loaded. Glory to God. That felt so good. I think we should say it one more time. Come on, shout it as loud as you can. Say, I have a heavenly account and it's loaded. Glory to God. So, so as I was explaining, everybody, every child of God has a heavenly account. I mean, some people have never heard this before in their life. You know, all they have known is their earthly account. And they've allowed that earthly account. Maybe it's a Zenith bank account, a guarantee trust bank account. I don't know what bank you use. You know, that is all the account you've known. And you have lived your whole life mindful of only that account. I'm here to teach you and prophesy over you this morning. That from today you will start to run your heavenly account. And you, your behavior will be affected. Because you, you've been behaving very gently because you have only been looking at your physical account. But when you see your heavenly account and how loaded it is, I'm telling you, some of you are going to go shopping this week. <laughs> some of you are going to go and window shop a car this week. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Where you understand your heavenly account, it's going to change your behavior. It's going to change your behavior. You have a heavenly account. Many Christians never learned this. All they have ever heard about is their physical account. Every child of God has a heavenly account. Glory to God. Every child of God has a what? A heavenly account. Hallelujah. Mm. So let's, let's start from Matthew chapter 6. Let's see what the Bible says there. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 19 all the way to verse 29. From verse 19 all the way to verse 29. It says, Jesus was speaking here. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. He said, don't lay up for yourself treasures upon the earth. Now, of course, you understand when you see treasures or treasury, it's talking about your account. Because in those days, um, what banking was, was treasury. Wherever you keep money, all right, is the treasury. And that was, that was the banking system they had then. So Jesus is saying, don't lay up or don't put money just in your treasuries or your accounts that are upon the earth. So don't lay up all your money in your physical account. That should not be where all your money should be. He said because they, there will be moth and rust will corrupt it. It didn't stop there. It said where thieves break through and steal. He now gave you advice. He said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Use your heavenly accounting. He says, 
where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Next verse. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He said, don't put all your accounts on this earth. Don't lay up yourself treasure upon the earth. He says, because the reason why God doesn't operate the earthly banking system is because too many factors can affect your treasures here. Too many factors can affect your treasures here. So God will rather operate a heavenly account for you where neither rot nor mort. What do you mean by rot, mort? Um, it's very simple. Um, inflation. If you're saving those that are into financing or investment understanders, if you only save your money on this earth and in, in cash, inflation alone catches up with it. So inflation can corrupt it. Then bad government policies can corrupt it. I don't know about you or the country you live in, but in, in a country like Nigeria where we live, dollar exchange rate affects our standard of living all the time. A few years ago, dollar was a certain amount. When this government that came in recently came in, the dollar rate doubled. It means if you were worth, if you were worth $10,000 or $1,000, you know, eight years ago, just because of the government and the things they did or did not do and other factors of life that came into play, your value was cut to $500 from $1,000. Half. Just by, you didn't make any bad decision. You didn't buy anything. You didn't make any bad investment decision. Just this life, this life on its own cuts down your account. So you see why? If God puts all your, if you also, Put all your treasures here on the earth. Life will happen to it. Inflation will happen to it. Currency exchange will happen to it. Gold going up or down will affect you depending on where you are in the spectrum. <laughs> will happen to it. Anything can change. Then oh, when COVID, for instance, hit, it affected the economy. Things like that. So God is saying, look, you can't lay up all your treasure just here on the earth. You can't just lay your treasures here on the earth. Things will affect it. Things will affect it. Very important. Then they said they can also break through and steal. So there are sometimes, it's not even external factors. Like inflation and all those things. It is human beings that steal your money. You know, uh, uh, government, some government officials steal money. Some, some banking people, or there are many banks that have gone bust because somebody made, did a fast deal. So basically, I'm just trying to show you, or God's trying to show you that your money on the earth is not as secure as you think. Not as secure as you think. Anything can happen to it. Then they say there's rust. Sometimes things just fade. Things just fade here on the earth. That's how the earth is wired. So they said, you know what is better for me to put your money in a heavenly account that is secure, that you can withdraw at any time that you need it. You can get it. The beauty of having a heavenly account is that it is, it is relevant and the value is preserved no matter the century that you need it. 
No matter the time that you live, no other thing happens that way. Some of you do not know that there was a time the way people bought and sold was by butter, by exchanging stuff. You had to find um, enough yam, if you, if you, you know, to, 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 to buy rice. If, if you were a yam farmer and you wanted to eat meat, you have to bring your yam to the market and hope that you, the guy selling meat is going to want yam. Then it's going to detect to you how much yam he wants for the piece of meat you want. Then if he doesn't want meat, if he wants wheat for his meat, you have to take your yam. Go and look for somebody that he wants to sell wheat. Then you buy wheat. Then you bring to him back. And hopefully he has not sold the meat. See, they were, all these things were was how things were being done. There was a time too, it was cowries. Cowrie shell that was money. That there wasn't to pay. I'm just trying to show you that here on the earth, things change. But when it comes to your heavenly account, if the value is preserved, no matter the generation you need it. No matter the generation you need it. And I will also show you as time goes on, the beauty about your heavenly account, this is important guys, is that it doesn't only pay cash. It doesn't only pay cash. It pays in favor sometimes. Because some of you, the kind of thing you are going through, is money will help you. You don't need money. But the beauty of your heavenly account is that it doesn't only pay in cash. It pays in other things. Glory to God. I mean, this is just great news. I don't know if somebody is as excited as I am to find out I have a heavenly account. I can never forget how happy I was when I found out that I have a heavenly account. I mean, your behavior should change. Some of you should go home right now after today's teaching and go and sign a check from your heavenly account and, uh, and place a demand on that account for some blessings to flow into your life. I'm telling you, if you catch it as I'm teaching you today, you're going to go home today, you, 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 you will start dreaming freely. You've been limiting yourself to just your income. Oh my God, you've been limiting yourself to just your salary, to just your wages. But that's, that, that's not, God never intended for a child of God to live like that. I'm going to show you a scripture. Let me, let me just try and move forward. I'm going to show you a scripture. The challenge is that we don't read the book. We don't read the scripture. You must read the manual. You must read the constitution. You must read the scripture of the kingdom that you come from. I can never forget. There was a popular comedian that shared his story. How that in his beginning years, he's a multimillionaire now, very successful. Uh, but those they say in the beginning years, there was times he couldn't pay his rent. And he would call his mother. I say, mom, hey, I can't pay my rent for this month. Send me money. And the mom will ask him, are you reading your Bible? He will say, that's not what I'm talking about, mom. You don't understand. I need to pay my rent. The mom will say, are you reading your Bible? So this happened for weeks and weeks, months and months. And he was getting him frustrated. He said, mom, you don't understand. I need to pay my rent. They're going to kick me out. And the mom will say, are you reading your Bible? So one day he got angry and went to take the Bible. I said, let me even read this Bible. And as he opened the Bible, he found that his mom has putting checks inside his Bible for all the months that his rent was due. The mom was putting the checks in the Bible. And the mom believed that if he read the Bible, he would see the checks. But he was not reading the Bible. And that's the same for almost every child of God. We are crying and shouting at God for what he has put in the book. If you read the book, you will see there's a check in the book for your car. There's a check in the book for your house. And guess what? Some of you, there's a check in the book for your husband or wife. That's why I told you the check doesn't, in the kingdom, the account doesn't only pay in cash. Sometimes it pays in kind. <laughs> It pays in human beings. It pays in favor. Glory to God. 
He pays in favor. Because sometimes what you need is not money. If your problem is only financial, you don't have a problem. When you really have serious issues, you will find that even money can't solve it. Money can't solve it. You need favor from God. And the beauty of our heavenly account, I will show you as we go on, is that it brings favor. Glory to God. Oh, I don't know if you are, if you are catching what I'm saying. It's in the book. So let me ask your neighbor, let me ask your neighbor, have you been reading your Bible? Tell your neighbor, your check is in your Bible. Glory to God. I remember that new convert that just got born again and he was looking for a job and he opened the Bible and saw the book of Job. He said, Pastor, there's a book of Job and I'm looking for a job. He said, it's not Job, it's Job. <laughs> but it's good, you're looking for a job. It's in the Bible. Glory to God. It's in the Bible. You're not reading the book. Read the book. Hallelujah. Read the book. Okay, so you have a heavenly account. That's the first thing you need to know. You have a heavenly account and it's not dormant. It's even loaded. But how do we get money into our heavenly account? Because we're going to talk about how to get money. We're going to talk about how to withdraw money. Glory to God. How do we get money into our heavenly account? Let's go to Philippians chapter, okay, let, let, let's, let's go to Mark chapter 10 first. Let's go to Mark chapter 10 from verse 21. We'll read that, then we'll go to Philippians after that. Beautiful. <clears throat> he said, then Jesus, um, you know the story, this rich young guy, um, heard Jesus was coming, you know, Jesus was trending, you know, and, you know, popular people like things that trend. So this guy was also rich and he felt, hey, he could buy his way through to, you know, farms with Jesus, to be cool with Jesus. So, he came to meet Jesus and all that. So they were interacting. Jesus guy said, oh, they were just interacting. You know the story. I don't want to bore you. So at verse 21, then Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest. That means you lack only what? You lack just one thing. He said, go thy way. Sell whatsoever you have. Give it to the poor and thou shalt have what? Treasure in what? Heaven. He said, look, Activate all the guys. Oh, this is powerful. He said, thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come, take up your cross and follow me. Now, let's stop there in verse 21 for a bit. Now, those of you that were here last week, you know, we, we talked about the fact that with the things of God, influence is more important than income. With worldly people, they think income all the time, but God knows influence is more important than income. So Jesus was giving this guy a multi-level invitation. He was saying, number one, remove your money from this earthly system because, number one, you are never going to live on this earth for so long compared to how much you will live on the other side. Most people don't realize this. If you live so long here, 70, 80, 90. If you live more than 90, you will be tired most times. You want to go home. I remember one of my daughters in church came and was crying that her grandma passed on. Suddenly. I said, how old was your grandma? He said, over a hundred years old. I said, how is that sudden? That's not, <laughs> that's not suddenly. I said, like, how long were you, did you want her to live? You know, when you reach a certain age, you yourself are tired of this life. So, you're not going to live here for so long. That's one. Number two, he was inviting the guy into influence. So, he said, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, so that you'll get treasure in heaven. He had to say that. He didn't say, sell everything you have and just come. No, you see, Jesus is specific. He didn't say you're going to lose your money, you see. That would have been a problem. And you will see as we read this verse. 
Jesus was not saying lose your money. Jesus, see, Jesus is a very smart guy. I don't know why people think Jesus is, 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 is a guy that doesn't know what's up. Jesus knows what's up. He's a very smart guy. He's a very cool guy. He's a very cool dude. So he's not saying lose your money. He's saying, look, reinvest your money. Where your money is now, things can, the stocks can go down. The shares can go down. COVID can hit it. Exchange rate can hit it. One government policy can hit it. He said, relocate your investment. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say lose your money. He said, look, take your money from this natural, give it out here, and it will be accrued to your heavenly account. But he didn't say lose your money. He said, you don't have to put it in treasure in heaven. He said, there's there's some account. We're going to change the account. It's like saying, if you live in Nigeria, for instance, and you have your money in Naira or wherever, and you want to move it to a foreign bank, that's all he was saying. He said, look, let's move your money from, 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 from Zenith Bank, from GT Bank, and bring it to uh, Bank of America, to Beckley's or whatever. Bring it to a foreign account. Because the, the credit card or the, 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 the debit card from the foreign account works more universally than the one from your GT Bank. Someone getting what I'm saying. Jesus didn't say, throw away your money, is there. He said, you shall have treasure in heaven. He didn't say you will lose your money. He didn't say you will go broke. He didn't say you will start begging for to eat. Jesus could not have said that. He said, you will have treasure in heaven. He said, when you do this, you will also now come, take up your cross, and follow me. How many of you, please picture, this is the almighty God, saying, leave the menial job you are doing and follow me. Let me tell you. If the richest man in the world, I don't know who Jeremiah in the world is now. I don't know. My generation is Bill Gates, we all knew. But I, I know there's a Jeff Bezos guy, there's a, um, some other guys, you know, I've forgotten their names, uh, the Tesla guy and all those guys. Now, so let me use Bill Gates, that's the guy I know. If a Bill Gates or a Warren Buffett, any of these multi-billionaires, comes to you right now, and maybe your job, I don't know how much you are earning, but let's just say, Maybe you're making a thousand dollars a month. Let's just use dollars. All right. And Jeff Bezos comes and says, you know what? Sell this to your company. We'll put every income from this your company in your account, in your offshore account. He said, Come, follow me, join my team. Is it possible that this guy is asking you to join his team to earn less than you were earning before? Nobody does that. Everybody Jesus invited to leave what they were doing, to follow him, they are all recognized forever today. This guy probably would have been one of the apostles who would have known. But today, do you know he still doesn't have a name? The only name they give in the Bible is the rich, young ruler. In fact, some places they say he's a fool. A young fool. He's a rich, young ruler. No name. No name. But we still remember Peter forever. Everybody names, there are too many people named their children after Peter. Influence is better than income. I wish people can recognize that. People always think about money. Look, you and the money will fade in a few years. Some people here, they will have up to 10 years. Some people have 20 years to leave. Some people have 30 years to leave. It, it will fade. If you're already 40 years old, it means you've lived 40 years of your life. It's gone. Whatever happened after 40 years doesn't matter to anybody today. It doesn't matter. But you can, you can be so committed to something that doesn't matter and Jesus is inviting you to something that matters. We all have Peters that we name our children after. We all have Pauls, John, all the other, James. How many rich young rulers have, have, have you met? 
That sir, what's your name? Rich young ruler. Have you, have you heard it before? Because nobody wants to be that. The guy didn't have a name. They were inviting him to something higher. Just was not saying go broke. He's saying go higher. But the guy could not see it. And that's the reason why people don't give. Because they can't see. That's the only reason. He said, give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Take up your cross and follow me. Join this team. It will change your life. See the next verse. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved because he had many possessions. Next verse. And Jesus looked around and said unto him, How hardly is it that they that have riches will enter into the kingdom of God? Wasn't talking, this is not heaven, just saying that they can't enter into the operation of the things of God. He said, and disciples were astonished at his words. <laughs> and Jesus answered again and said, children, how hard? He had to explain because when he said it's hard for those that are rich to enter the kingdom of God, they were all surprised. Why? And they were astonished. Why? Because they were all planning to be rich. They were all planning to be rich. They all knew they were going to be rich. So when he said it's going to be hard for rich people to enter, they said, what are you talking about? We are planning to be rich. So he had to explain further. He said, no, I'm not talking about entering heaven. Because in the Bible, when you see kingdom of, kingdom of God, it's not talking about heaven. It's, a, it's an operation of, of God's kingdom. I don't know if you understand that all the time. But it's not talking about heaven. So it's, it's not saying rich people can't go to heaven. It's just saying rich people will find it hard to transfer their money to an offshore account. Does that make sense to somebody? Rich people will struggle because they want to hold their money. The person that has so much money doesn't mind transferring his money because he feels, oh, I don't have anything to lose. What do I have? But the rich people will struggle to transfer their money to an offshore account. They want their money to be close to them because wherever your treasures are, that's where you have to be. They want, they want to be seeing their money closely. It's like if you are traveling, the bags you check in are the bags that have things you can let go of. Your hand luggage, if it has money or your passport, you hold it close to you. You don't want to check it in. You hold it, you carry it into the plane yourself. <laughs> that was happening here. So, when he said it, they were astonished. So he had to explain. He said, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? Okay? So what he was saying is that it's difficult for those that trust this natural system to actually now begin to trust the supernatural system. It's difficult for those that trust the physical financial structure to be able to trust the spiritual financial structure because there are two kingdoms, two structures that are at play here. There's the physical one. They say people that have succeeded in the physical one, we find it hard to come and succeed in the spiritual one because the mindsets are different. In the physical one, you make it by how much you hustle, but in the spiritual one, you make it by how much you give. So that's going to be difficult. In the physical, you make it by how much you take. This one, you make it by how much you give. You make it, this one, you make it by how much you hustle. This one, you make it by how much you rest. So sad. He says it's hard for rich people. So see the next verse. See the next verse. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. I don't want to go into that story. He said, and they were what? Astonished beyond. They weren't still getting it. They say, ah, this is going to be problematic. So they were astonished beyond measure. They were even now more surprised, more astonished. I'm, I'm sure they were saying, this is going to be a problem. Because we have left everything. See, they, so they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? Because remember, they say, we have left all and followed you. We are not planning to be broke. 
See what it says. And Jesus looking upon them, which he said with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Look at the next verse. Then Peter began to say unto him, I'm sure they had had a meeting. If you know anything about how disciples were, whenever they were astonished, they were, they are talk, spoken to themselves, it's Peter they usually send to come and talk to Jesus. So they had all spoken that, ah, we have left our fishing business. We have left all these things. We are not planning to be poor. So see, brother Peter, you are the chairman of the board of disciples. Go and talk to your ogre, or else I'll go back to my fishing. There was a big problem. So Peter now began to say to him, he said, "Lo, he said, excuse, sir. You know, chairman, bros. <laughs> you know, excuse me. <laughs> he said, he said, he began to say, so, you know, it was, it was during the discussion. He said, he said, we, see, <laughs> John left his lucrative business. James had uh, this and this investment. He began to tell Jesus that, look, we have left many things. We have left many things. We have left many things and have followed you. This issue you are bringing up about Richard will not making it. There is going to be problem. Oh. And Jesus answered and said, There is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, plural, for my sake and the gospels. Look at what he said next. He said, but he shall receive how many fold? A hundredfold. Let's stop there. I told you earlier on, when Jesus was talking to that rich man, Jesus will never tell you to give and lose. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know where people get that from. That Jesus will ask you to give and lose. He doesn't do that. He doesn't, nobody runs any business like that. Have you ever seen any investment company that says, invest your money here, you are sure to lose it. Nobody's going to come. Nobody's going to put their money in it. Say, invest your money, it's gone once you drop it. There's no such advertisement. Jesus was said, I will never make you poor. That's why when you're a child of God, consistent child of God, and you are living, living, living below the level you should live, that is not a godly thing. That's not God's will for you. He doesn't want you poor. There's no way Jesus is going to invite you because there are people that should be doing ministry full-time today. The reason they're not doing ministry is that they think they will be poor. There are people that want to, that should marry a pastor. The reason why they don't want to marry a pastor is because they think they will be poor. So how are we going to get our needs met? Jesus will never invite you into something and wreck you. He will invite you into something and wreck you. I can tell you that after close to 30 years of being in ministry, Jesus will never invite you into something and wreck you. The disciples began to say, we have invested so much. We have left all and followed you. This issue you are talking about, rich people not making it. There's going to be a problem. And Jesus said, of course I'm not saying you are going to lose your wealth. You're not going to lose your money. You can't follow me and be broke. You can't follow me and lose out. It's, it is the greatest invitation you would ever get all your life. You can't follow me and lose out. He said, if anybody... You have to clarify, if anybody has left anything, whether it's land, sister, by sister, it, mean, it doesn't mean you sacrifice your sister. Because if you have a sister, you want to sacrifice. No. no you, you sacrifice. What it means is that you, you, time you would have spent your family. Like most of you know here, I'm, I'm out here in, uh, in Canada doing a tour. It means I'm not going to be with my kids for one or two weeks. Those kind of things. So when you leave your family, I'm here with some team, Pastor Maka, um, Sister August, some other people that came here with us. 
that left their husband, left their, their kids. You know, they're saying, look, when you do those things, he said, God said, I'll find a way to give you back the time, to give you back the things you left. He said, look, you shall receive a hundredfold. Oh, this is so beautiful. There's nowhere. Jesus said, I'll make you broke. There's nowhere. He said, give and lose. Nowhere. Nowhere. He says, you will receive a hundredfold now, even in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and lands. You will receive it with persecution because somebody's going to be angry you are blessed. I get that all the time. There are people that don't like me. Some people from, that have been in DCC from years ago, they don't like that I'm looking prosperous. <laughs> but there's nothing we can do about it. I can't change, you can't change. So we all just manage ourselves. Amen. You know, they're just not happy. They think, oh, this is what I'm enjoying. Oh, they think somebody's going to hate you for being rich. That's just how it works. Because they are unhappy with their own lives. So you can't do anything about that. He says, it's going to come with persecutions. He said, in this world and in the world that is to come. That means there will be a heavenly account where you will still, you will still draw from because of the seeds you are sowing today. So rich people will struggle with this. They would rather just have all their enjoyment on the earth. They will not think of where they're going. Some of the rich people here will be poor on the other side. If I see the next verse, that will even help us. See, that's why I said, but many that are first shall be last. Some people are very rich here, but they don't give one naira. Oh my God, I've been a pastor for a long time. Rich people don't give. It's blessed people that give. There's a difference. Some people that are rich trust so much in their riches. Some people that are blessed, they realize it's God that blessed them. They don't mind giving. So they can be at any level. They might not even be so, so wealthy, but they give sacrificially. Some of the greatest givers we have are not wealthy people. He said, because those rich people struggle with giving. Because they want to live a good life here. But when they get to the other side, because they didn't give so much, they will be poor. Did you see the story of Lazarus and the rich guy? That rich guy was poor on the other side. Lazarus was the one living well. And the rich guy was begging Lazarus for water. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Jesus will never invite you to a lifestyle that will impoverish you. Ah, such a good deal. Even I'm blessed. I can give myself an offering tonight. Glory to God. I am so blessed by this understanding. He would never invite you to prophesy. Never. Never. They were bothered. They were bothered. Thank God Peter asked this question. Thank God Peter raised this concern. Jesus would never have shared this principle with us. They said he began to say, he said, bros, can I see you? He said, Lord Jesus, can I see you in the corner, please? Because we've had a meeting. And everybody nominated me to ask you, how is it going to be? We've left everything. We have left all and followed you. You can't tell us rich people won't make it. He said, that's not what I'm saying. He said, when you sow, you will reap a hundredfold now and in the life to come. So how do you lay, how do you load your um, heavenly account? You load it by giving. By giving. And there are so many kinds of giving. I can't go into all because of time. I, will, I can mention them in passing. Maybe next week we can do that or something. I don't know. But I'm, I, I want to repeat it. Giving to the poor, definitely one of the ways you load your heavenly account. Giving to the poor. And by giving to the poor, I don't just, I don't, I don't just mean random giving to the poor. You just go everywhere. You see everybody, anybody just begging for money. Just give them money. That's not what I... It's targeted, it's planned, it's properly, you know, um, arranged. You're helping people that definitely can help themselves. Not that you're supporting people that have bad habits. You're really helping people really that are dealing with poverty, school fees, health bills, real stuff. 
rent, you know, but you're setting them up in a way that they can continue their lives without you. Right? Giving to the poor is one of those you load your account. Giving to church. When you come for worship offerings and services like this, in every service you bring your worship offering. All right? Do that regularly. Paying tithe is one of the ways you load your heavenly account. In fact, the Bible says we'll bring our tithes, it will open up the windows of heaven. So, tithing is one of the things that opens up your account system up there. Um, project offerings. When churches are building or buying buildings, buying land, buying things like that. Oh, those ones are sweet because those ones will leave all of us. You see, the person, the poor person you are paying rent for won't leave you. The poor um, uh, hospital bill you are paying is just for a season. You know, um, or worship offering is just for the day. You know, things like that. But when you sow into a project, like you buy, you help buy a church building, your children, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren will be blessed. And sometimes, thousands of years after, people are still worshiping and getting saved in that building you bought or built or that land you bought. Wow! That's a great investment. That's a great investment. Projects. Projects. Like for those on the mainland, you know that we are we are actually, you know, working on moving to the new site. Things are getting ready. But in the next one or two, three months max, we should start having services there. We are, we're going to, you're going to give towards that regularly until we move there. So putting your money in those kind of stuff. This building we are in here, the building uh, on the mainland, we've been here for more than 10 or 12 or so years. I don't know the people that, all the people that gave that time we were buying the land. But people are still getting born again here every day. People are getting blessed here every day. So project given. Then giving to men of God. Giving to men of God. Very important. If there are men, ministers of God that have blessed you. Alright? Start from your own pastor, please. Don't go and give something fine. Your pastor here, yeah, you're not giving your pastor. And he's blessing you every Sunday. Praise <laughs> God. Please bless your own pastor. And your resident pastors. And all that. Because they, they, they care for you. They, they cater to you. So bless, so into the life of ministers of the gospel. Some people think we give ministers of the gospel because they are broke. No. We give them because they are blessed. Alright? It's our calling. There are scriptures for all these things. That if they bless you in spiritual things, it's your duty to bless them in material things. But I don't want to, that's not, I don't want to focus on all that today. So giving to them. Um, giving to, um, ministries. Alright? So like us that we're on the road now, loved it in our marriage, doing tours everywhere. There are people that support us. And if you are even you are members of the church, you can also still support us. There are people that support us. I mean, there are places we go. Someone just give us money. I'm like, wow. You know, we are so touched that people, so people still have this understanding. Because there are many ministries that are not church-based ministries, but they are supported by individuals that have been blessed. There are many independent ministries that are not church-based. So blessing those people, ministries that are on the road, you know, doing those big meetings, things like that. Hallelujah. And a whole lot of other types of giving. So we load our account by giving. Let me read Philippians. Let me read one more for you before I go into Philippians chapter 4. It says from verse 17. He said, not be, it was, he was talking to uh, the, the Philippian church. This church was an incredible church. It was actually very incredible. From verse 15. Philippians 4 from verse 15. Very incredible church. He says, um, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, he said, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. Paul was not a church pastor. He was a traveling minister, an apostle. So the tra- he travels from place to place, even though sometimes he can plant churches. 
but he travels from place to place preaching. And he said, and the way it works, I, I, I've been on the road now for some time. So I know, I know how it is. There are people I pastored, but when I'm coming to the city where, uh, to preach, where they live now, you know, many people relocate. So they've been members of church maybe five years, ten years. I'm coming to the country or the city where they live, they will not even show up. They will not even send something to say, hey, we know you're, it's going to cost money for you to fly to get there and all the things you need. Oh, we're sending our support. But there are a few others that no matter the city we enter, oh, they fly there. Some drive to come and pick us at the airport. Some send money. There are many of them, I don't know if I mention names, but there are some of them that are phenomenal. No matter the city, they fly there. <laughs> There's one of our guys on the mainland church. That's Johnny Will. Some of you know him. Amazing guy. Sometimes he, he, if I'm in Canada, he'll come from America to Canada. If I'm, if I'm in Atlanta and he lives in Ohio, he will come from Ohio to Atlanta to pick me. To take me somewhere. To send me money. Send me money. If I need books delivered, he will say he will handle it. And he will pay for the shipping. I mean, incredible support. So that's what Paul was saying. He said, look, since I left here, no, all the churches I pastored here, I planted here, nobody reached out to me concerning giving and receiving except you, the Philippian church. Only you continue to check how our travels were going, how our accommodation were going city by city, how we're eating city by city. He said, um, 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 go back to verse 15. He said, he said, no, he said, I said, I said, no church communicated with me except you only. See the next verse. He said, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. So the way it's our job works, Usually when you are in a certain city, people from that city take care of you. But many of them, and I learned this from experience, many of them, as you leave that city, out of my, out of sight is out of mind. They forget you. They say, the rap people should take care of you. Whether they are people there or not, it doesn't make concern. But while you are with them, oh, they love you. <laughs> oh, what will you eat? What will you drink? Well, some is from the airport, they abandon you. As they drop you at that curb, they don't even know how you are dragging your bag in there. They say bye, they forget you. But some of that people are so caring. Oh, they'll make sure you are checked in well. They'll make sure you've left well. They'll make sure you arrive where you're going. They'll make sure that place, is anybody taking care of you or should we send help? So they said this church was like that. He said, they, they said, even when I went to Thessalonica, that was not your business, but you sent aid to me once and again. Next verse. He said, not that I desire gifts. Paul said, I can survive without your, without anybody giving me money. He said, not that I desire gifts. He said, but I desire um, that more be credited to what? No, I can't hear you. To what? To your account. I told you, you have an account. Some of you, your account is not loaded. Your account is empty or almost empty. So you have empty physical account, empty heavenly account. You are in trouble. <laughs> he said, hey, Paul said, you know what? I can survive without any help, but you see, I want things... And that's what I want for you today as a pastor. I'm blessed. Thank God. God has blessed me. You know, God has blessed me. I can survive as I am right now. But however, I want things that will accrue to your account. I want something to enter your account. So I desire that more be credited to your account. See verse 18. Verse 18, I have received full payment from, uh, and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from a perpetrator guy, the gifts you sent, 
they are fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Next verse. He says, he said, and my God. So I told you. And that's why this scripture, Philippians 4, 19, you know, you can't pray it. Everybody can't pray it. It, it has conditions. Yeah, everybody can't claim it. it. It was specific to people that were giving sacrificially. This particular Philippian church, they were never rich. So in Corinthians, God's, um, um, Paul spoke about them. That they give out of their necessities. They, they're not even rich. But they kept giving. So this, this blessing of Philippians 419 is a blessing for those that give sacrificially to the kingdom. Consistently. In fact, it's a blessing of partnership. People that are partnering with ministries regularly to make sure the ministry and the work of the vision is going on. So he said, and I told you also that I will show you that the beauty about the heavenly account is that it doesn't only pay in cash. If it only paid in cash, it would be very limited. God will be doing you a disservice or even a robbery by only blessing you in cash. No, it's a demotion. God will always bless you with more than cash because really, in life, what you need is more than money. Many times you need favor. Sometimes you need health. And there's times that no money can buy it. Even if you have the best doctors in the world, sometimes God doesn't even want you to go through surgery at all. He wants to just heal you. That's more, that's sweeter than surgery. Trust me. Surgery, you will take years to be healed sometimes. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. So God will never pay only in cash. So see what, see what he said. And I told you, I like Philippians for one night. I'm still going to buy uh, a car in my, in my old age when I have white beard so that people feel the person in the car. You know, buy a Rolls Royce race. You know, the convertible one done. They call it done. Rolls Royce done. I'll drop the top and the number plate to be 419. <laughs> I know in Nigeria 419 means fraud. This is police stop! <laughs> I said, you're 419. I said, I'm 419. I'm appraising Philippians 419. He said, my God will meet, I love this, all your needs. You see, God never focuses on only your financial need. Your financial need is small. Money can buy you a good wife. No, money can buy you a wife. But he can't buy you a virtuous wife. That one only comes from the Lord. Proverbs 31 says, a virtuous woman who can find. It's her price is far above rubies. Philippians 19.14 says, wealth and houses are things you can inherit from your father. He said, but a prudent wife comes only from the Lord. So yeah, you can't get a good husband with money. You can get a husband. But to get a godly husband, you can't buy destiny with money. You can't fulfill purpose just by money. You must first find purpose. God must open doors. So there are things you need that are beyond money. Okay, raising good kids. Do you think money is what it takes to raise? There are some rich people's kids that are, that are spoiled silly, that are on drugs today, that are crazy today. So there are so many things God can do for you that is not limited to money. So don't always think money. Our heavenly account doesn't only pay in money. It pays in favor. I'll show you more and more. He said, he said um, God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory. His riches is also the central bank that feeds all the other small accounts all in the heaven. Just the way we have a central bank on the earth that supports all the banks. Somebody get what I'm saying? I'll read one last scripture. Then we will pray. Second mm. Corinthians. There's so much to cover, but time, time, time. Second Corinthians chapter eight or chapter nine. Second Corinthians nine from verse six. Okay, 
9 from verse 6. Verse 6. He said, But I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth or giveth bountifully shall also harvest bountifully. He said, Every man, as he proposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Next verse. Say, God is able to make what? All grace. I told you, he never rewards just in cash. He said, all grace. Grace for ministry. Grace for education. Grace for marriage. Grace for any area of life. He said, he supplies all grace. Grace for long life. Grace for health. Grace for peace of mind. Grace to have good friends. All grace. Hallelujah. Grace for parenting. So this account, the beauty of our heavenly account, is that you can draw anything from it, not just cash. It's a grace about towards all things. You always having what? All sufficiency. That means we make sure every need is supplied. All sufficiency in how many things? In all things. I mean, this is just a good, too good to be true. He said, we have all sufficiency in all things that you may abound to every good thing. You may abound to every good thing. Glory to God. So that you may abound to every good thing. Hallelujah. He says, as it's written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remaining forever. Next verse. He says, um, uh, give me verse 10. He said, now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and he will multiply your seed soul and increase the fruits of your righteousness. He will multiply your seed. Hallelujah. So, there's so much in there, but I have to round up. So, you load up your account by giving. I've mentioned the different kinds of giving. There are so many more, but you load your account by giving. Every time you serve and give and do things for the kingdom, your account is entering your account. It's loading into your account. How do you draw? You draw by faith. You draw by faith. You draw by putting your faith for the thing you need in God, not on your income, not on your salary. Now that you know you have a heavenly account, so you can now by faith desire and dream and request certain things in your life and wait for God to supply. And by faith, expect God to supply. It's your right. You have it. You can draw from your heavenly account as much as you need. So if you are looking for a house, don't say, oh, I'm going to look for a house in, the, in this so-and-so place. So you are going to say, no, Lord. I know I have money. I have some money here, but I have a heavenly account. This is the kind of house I want. And you trust God and you start taking steps. And you see your heavenly account coming into play. All right? Very important. So you sow and you expect a harvest. We don't give just to receive, but we give and receive because they go together. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, these principles literally changed my life. Most of you that are regular in church have shared it so many times, but I want to share it again. It changed my life. I stumbled on Luke 6, 36, where it says, Give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Popular scripture. In fact, there was a popular song about it when we were young. But I discovered that most times, 
when people quote that scripture or sing that song, they only stop when they said, shall men bring to your bosom. Please, can you give me that scripture? Luke 6, 36. And if you look at the remaining part of that verse, it says the measure that you used to meet. No, give me um, 37, 38. Sorry. See? Um, it said the measure. Yeah, so give me now 38. Yes, beautiful. It said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men give to your bosom? He said, for with the same measure that you meet, that's the measure that we measure to you again. So, most people never talk about that, that the measure. They just talk about, oh, give, I shall give. In fact, the song also stops there. You know, give, it should come back to you, good measure. Just stop there. Until God said, that measure is important. If you want to receive in a certain measure, that's the measure you should give. And then we're so broke. Yeah, my wife, we're married, young couple, loved each other, but broke. Very broke. Very, very broke. If I was owing you 5000 naira at that time, only God knew when you would get the money because I didn't know when you were getting the money. And God said, hey, if you want to break the million realm, because all my bills were in millions, all my income were in thousands. <laughs> Has it happened to you before? Where the bills are just another category, different from where your income is. My income was in thousands. My bills were in millions. All the things I wanted to do was in millions. The kind of house I wanted to live was in millions. The kind of car I wanted to drive was in millions. Everything was in millions. But my income was in thousands. And God began to show me that the measure used to give. Remember the last scripture I read in Corinthians? It said, he that soweth sparingly, we also reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully, we reap that, that you determine the measure. So wow. Never knew that. I said, okay, I need money in millions, so I have to sow in millions. So then we began to save. I wanted to sow my first seed in millions. We began to save. Then if you gave me a bag of rice, I would sell it and add the money. Because I wanted, I wanted the million, my, my, my first million that I received. It was a real stuff. Every money people gave me, I kept it. Until we got our first one million in one place. It took many, many, many months to gather it. We're not spending on any other thing. We got one million, ten thousand. I did it to be above one million. I wanted to cross the million realm. And I sold that money. One million, ten thousand. I can never forget the check. Beautiful. One million, ten thousand. And uh, in the next one or two months, I was able to give one million two other times. No, you didn't hear what I said. I didn't say I was able to get. I was able to give one million two other times. I mean, things accelerated so fast. I was giving in millions in months. I didn't have, I couldn't get one million before. Now I was giving a million in a matter of months. I crossed the million realm forever from that day. Now, I don't even think in Naira. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even think in, in thousands at all. I broke the back of poverty by giving. That's just how, that's, that's, that's the principle. Then, I discovered that Naira was very sluggish. I needed to be rich in dollars. <laughs> because if you know anything about life, you can't spend in Naira. Naira is just too sluggish for me. So I wanted to be blessed in dollars. So I remember those days too. Because the Bible said, whatsoever you sow, that shall you reap. The kind of thing you sow to, that means the kind of thing you harvest. You're not going to plant corn and reap cocoa. All right? <laughs> so, I remember many, many years ago, one of our church members relocated up to America. She came to visit and she gave me $200. $200. can never forget. Go home, met my wife in the kitchen. Remember we were broke? I was dancing and I sprayed her the two hundred dollars, or just two notes. But I sprayed her the two notes. She was so happy. After she picked it up, 
and everything. I took it back. Hallelujah. <laughs> I took it back. I said, we don't eat this type. Because we need more from where that came from. We don't eat this type. We're going to plant it as a seed. So I took the $200. I said, I was asking God where to plant it. God told me who to sow it into his life. It was a senior minister of God here in Lagos. I ran. So the guy was having a program. So I was running to catch him in the program. Police even stopped me that day as I was heading to his guy. I left my car with the police. I said, you guys can't delay me. I must catch something. I left the car with them. Entered the taxi and went. And I got there just when the program was about to end. And I sowed the seed, $200. A few weeks, a few months after. I can't remember all the details now. It's been a while. Um, somebody came and said, oh, pastor, you know, I want to write you a check. Now, everybody knows I don't have time to go to the bank. So I said, write in my PA's name. They wrote the check. Later, this was many years ago. Then banks in Nigeria, don't, you don't write check in dollars. It was just one bank in the whole Nigeria was doing it then. You know, so ah, I never saw the check after the guy had gone. It was $6,700. You know, I said, why are you writing this guy's name? I could have gone to the bank for that one. <laughs> this was a long, a long time ago. A long time ago. So we cashed the money, $6,700. Woo, that was a lot of money. Remember, we're broke people. This was big money. And I told my wife, we don't eat this time. We don't eat it. We planted it into the, into the house of God. One or two years after, one guy came to my house, brought cash, $10,000 in cash, and gave it to us. Woo, excited. I told my wife, we don't eat this time. <laughs> A few years after that, somebody came to my house early in the morning. I've not had my bath. He gave me a perfume bag. I opened the bag. It was now, in fact, interesting thing, and this this way you need to learn how to unlock your faith. Maybe I will go into that more next week. That's the week they brought this other money. Our I and my wife were sitting in the car. I told her, "Honey, let's believe God for a million dollars." Now this, this now, I, I, I was I was not anywhere like this then, so there was no natural way I could get a million dollars. No natural way I could get a million dollars. You know, I just saw my for Let's believe God for a million dollars because one day I believe we would we will be old and we want to retire for ministry. And we'll go and live abroad. I was just thinking that, you know, I want to be able to buy a house. You know, just pay cash, you know. I don't want to, you know, I hate, I hate debt. I hate having to pay somebody every month, you know. You're not going to sleep well. Your sleep is different when you're owning somebody. Trust me. Trust me. If you're owning somebody, your sleep is different. You're just, because you know every day you're moving nearer the day of payment. <laughs> so I, told, I just told her that in the car. She said, okay, are we going to be changing our naira to dollars? Are we going to get dollars? I said, I have no clue. But let's believe God for a million dollars. I wasn't like this at all. I, had no, this, I didn't have this level of income at all. And she agreed with me in the car on a Monday. By Wednesday or Thursday, the same week, that's when they brought this perfume bag and gave me, and I opened the perfume bag. It was a $100,000 in cash. $100,000 in cash. Beautiful. The most beautiful thing I've seen in a long time. I took pictures with it. <laughs> I took pictures. It was beautiful. And we couldn't even pay into the bank. Our accountant said, you can't pay $100,000 at once. That they will, <laughs> Government will look for you. And it reminded me of scripture that says, you'll be so blessed you'll have room enough. Hallelujah. To receive it. So we have to pay it in installments into the bank. $100,000 USD. Beautiful. In cash. Beautiful. But guess what? I told my wife, you see, we're not going to eat. We don't eat this time. If what you have is not enough to be your harvest, make it your seed. Because the system works. The only reason why you are afraid to give is that you think if you give is lost. That's the only reason. Like I give you an example earlier. Let me give you another example. If Bill Gates walks into this service right now, into this service right now, even interrupts my preaching, walks into the service right now and sees you sitting down and says, oh, he, he came with a taxi and he doesn't have Naira. Now, this is Bill Gates. You know, recognize him. 
He said, I came with a taxi, but I don't have Naira. And the taxi is 1,000 Naira. That please, can you give me 1,000 Naira to pay for the taxi and I'll sort you out later. How many of you here will be scared to give Bill Gates that money? And this Bill Gates is a man that can lie. He's a man that can die. You know why you won't be scared? Because you know he's too loaded not to pay you back 1,000 Naira and he will pay you with interest. But you know, in fact, there will be a rush for who will give him the 1,000 Naira because you know that your relationship will start from there. You know that you will tell him, I don't even need the money. What I need is a job. You say, I don't even need the money. I need, I need a contract. That, you know, you, you're going to move the, so if now the almighty God has invited you to do the same thing, but you're afraid he won't pay. You're afraid he's not good enough to keep his word. But you will trust biggest. You don't even need biggest. You will trust me. If I tell you, give me 1,000 naira. I'll give you back. You will gladly do it. The reason why you can't give God is that you're afraid. Because everywhere I share that I sold this $100,000 that we don't eat that type, we were like, wow. The eyes open. I say, yeah. If you are trusting God for $1 million, $100,000 must be small in your eyes. If $100,000 is big in your eyes, you are never going to get $1 million. <laughs> I preached in a church in Dallas. I shared this story. I, was, I sold the $100,000. No, I, 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 no I, I, I didn't share. I, sold, I just saw them where they gave, this was some years ago, that they gave us $100,000. So we lived in the house of one of the pastors. His 13-year-old or 12-year-old son came to me in the house. He said, Pastor, so what did you do with the $100,000? He wants to hear the remainder of the story. <laughs> I also preached on one of the fathers of the faith in Nigeria, one of, the, one of the biggest ministers of God in Nigeria, one of the fathers of the faith. I preached for him too and I shared this story. And when we entered the room, he said, so what did you do? The half hour? As the one million coming. <laughs> so people always want to hear the rest of the story. Well, you're going to have to wait. Amen. We're not ready to share the rest of it. But trust me. Trust me. Uh, we are blessed, all right? We are blessed. Uh, I, I, I mean, the, the harvest pours in from everywhere. I'm literally a dollar magnet. I don't know the country I enter that people don't give me dollars, American dollars. Even countries where they don't use dollars. Doesn't matter. I'm a dollar magnet anywhere I enter. Because God keeps his word. It's just as simple. God keeps his word. So, so, so why would you, if you don't doubt me, guess why do you doubt God? Plant that seed. I'm, I'm going to pray with you this morning. Because I won't teach all this thing and not give you a chance to be a part of it. I want everybody, wherever you are watching, even if you are watching online, it doesn't matter. This principle works. It's, it's for whosoever. Glory to God. I want you to take one minute to just search your spirit this morning. And what is God asking you to sow? Just ask him. You know, it's, it doesn't have nothing to do with me. It's about you. But you see, you need to be true to yourself. You need to be true to yourself. It has nothing to do with me. You need to be true to yourself. That is God asking you to release anything. Some of you might be material things. It might not be cash. Some of you might be cash. God is asking you to sow. Some of you might be to empty your bank account. Look, trust me. Trust me. I've worked with this God too long. He's too good. Oh, he's too good. He's just too good. Hallelujah. He's just too good. I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I've seen the faithfulness of God. I've told you. I don't want to go give you too many stories. Take one minute to just ask God, oh, hey, Lord, what, what can I give? You know, lay in my heart what to sow. And I'm going to pray over that seed this morning. And we're going to stand, you know, on the word of God. It's not, it's not me. It's not my promise. It's God's promise. And I'm sure he's able to deliver it. We're going to stand on the promise that whatever you are sowing, 
will be a barrier breaking seed. It will be a seed that breaks the level of whatever you've been operating. I don't know what you've been operating on. But you, there will be a barrier. You break a barrier of whatever level you are struggling or, or, or currently operating on. I'm going to pray over the seed. So if you know what you're going to give, can we just bow our heads for one minute? I believe you and God has made an arrangement or an agreement. You can sit a few seconds to have that specific seed. Now, this is not something you can break. This is something you can negotiate. This is something you and God have settled. You're going to drop this seed. If possible, drop it today. Just transfer it right now after the service or send it in this week. It's between you and God. It has nothing to do with me. Trust me. Between you and God. And if you don't believe in everything I've said, it's also fine, you know. Um, you, you, you'll get there when you get there. But for those of you that have caught it, you know, this is your word. You need to act now. Alright? I need to act on the word now. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everyone that is sowing a seed this morning. Whatever seed you've laid in their heart to sow. Many of them is sacrificial. And Lord, I, we ask in line with your word. We are standing on your promise and on your word. You said whoever leaves anything for your, for you and for your kingdom's sake, we receive in this life a hundredfold. You said the measure we used to give, which I used to receive. You said in the currency we also sow, we'll prosper in that currency. Lord, today, in honor of your word, we ask that you multiply their seeds sown in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask, oh God, that let, let their account be loaded. Let it only, not, in, let it not only be loaded, but let them begin to draw from that account in the name of Jesus. For those that have bills to pay, have, have, have school fees to pay, have projects they are trying to complete. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command the release of funds. Let there be favor upon their lives. Let there be multiple streams of income. Let there be um, um, income generating opportunities in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because their seed of faith will produce a harvest in their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen.